0: Welcome to Sigma TV. I'm joined here today by Keith from iGaming Security, Director of Operations. Keith, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, Keith, I'd like to get right into um, asking you some really cool questions. Um, So let's start from the first one. Um, 2020 has been a year of unprecedented challenges um, as a result of the pandemic. Um, Many industries have been impacted heavily. Um, but certain sectors have seen exponential growth. What changes in growth have you seen this year in cybersecurity? So the
1: more problems that we're facing in the cybersecurity arena, the busier our business became. What happened is 2020 was disruptive for everyone. People did not realize the, the risks they they were going to face by sending their staff home. Everyone was so happy to send their staff home um, and continue working at least. But what happened is they broke the the safety barrier. So at the office, there are security parameters. At at the employees' homes, there, there aren't. So although certain teams were prepared and they could do this transition safely, the majority is not working in a safe environment. Absolutely. So more problems, higher business for uh, cybersecurity. In reality, it's we don't even have enough resources as a, as a cybersecurity community around the world. It's being so so busy. Attacks are on the increase, and it pays a lot of money. It pays them and ruins businesses. So some businesses actually had to close down because they do not manage to recover.
0: Recent studies from Checkpoint and Dimensional Research shows that over 71% of uh, security professionals say that they have seen an increase in attacks since COVID-19 outbreak. What measures can businesses implement in order to ensure um, business continuity during and after this period?
1: Right, that's a good question. So what we suggest is to use a three-level approach. Uh, Training awareness, that's super important because people assume that the staff should know not to click on an email if they're not sure about it. But we find out that it's not, it's far from the truth. The major attack surface is the email. So we give a lot of emphasis there. And then we also suggest that people, the companies do penetration testing. So definitely training and penetration testing. If they focus on those with penetration testing, what we do is we actually attack the client, it's, a, it's a, an ethical attack, managed together with the IT people of the company who engages us, and we check the vulnerabilities of the system. If we manage to attack before someone else does, then we have time to fix any issues there are. Many companies think they're safe, but there are a lot of blind spots. So the IT team do a great job in the IT sector but then, where cybersecurity comes in, there is a, a bit of a gap. They are not one and the same. So, owners and directors would think that they're the same. They are not, and they will never be. IT teams do a great job daily taking care of the IT infrastructure. They, they will never um, have enough time to catch up with the, the new threats that emerge daily and how to avoid them. So, the, the best strategy we suggest to, to all our clients is uh, training. We have a program where we actually do phishing attacks. We planned with, with management and the IT team, and there we actually use templates, which are uh, Microsoft or, or Dropbox or um, Facebook templates, which instigate the, this, the, the staff to, to reset their password or to, to give certain information. They are very realistically looking. Even the domains we, we own um, are very real, realistic. But the idea is that we get there before. So what's going to happen is, in an attack, the, the hackers are going to do the same things we do, but obviously with a different intent. It's, uh, they play our same game. We try and get there before. So uh, phishing, it's a managed phishing service we offer, or training and then penetration testing. With these, the companies are going to be safe for a very long time. Because once the attacker sees that there is no point of entry, they will choose someone else to attack.
0: And I just want to go back to something you said um, in the beginning. You mentioned employees, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'd like to go into more detail about this. Um, uh, No, I think no matter how, how many security professionals a company has, I think it all boils down to Um, the knowledge of their employees um, to not create additional risks. That's Um, a a very good point,
1: Nick, because you might have the the best security front, but if someone on the inside, it's like you're trying to attack a fortress, but someone on the inside is going to open the door for you, and that's what happens. Unfortunately, that happens on two levels, so mainly through uh, phishing emails, and also we Face sometimes uh, rogue employees who are either leaving or they have been fired, or those some of them actually um, give access to to attackers to to attack the, the ex employer.
0: So, with that, do you think um, a zero trust policy should be something that is implemented yes, in companies?
1: Always, even in the best in the best run companies, and when there is positive energy, you still have to because people it's not because they want to do it; it just happens. If I am, for example, yesterday, there was a, a, a Google issue. So if I wanted to hack an important company, I would go create a template uh, mimicking Google, saying we apologize for the inconvenience, and this is what happened. People want to know,
0: they're curious. And they will click, and we're in. Keith, you mentioned um, phishing. Can you maybe explain a bit more de- in detail what phishing We'd is in phishing. our So phishing is PH
1: not a F like a normal phishing, okay? That's the terminology used. Um, what happens in a phishing attack, which is mainly the, the main method of attack everyone is facing around the world, is that I would send you uh, an email which looks like you need to reset your Microsoft password or your, your Facebook password, and and there'll be a link. What happens there is that when you actually click on that, you will be um giving access to us and we will a- access your your machine and then try and uh, move uh, horizontally into the system so depending your your on your admin role we would be gaining access to your machine for sure residing there so sometimes with big companies we would not even show if we if i was a a, a, a cyber attacker, I would not even show you that I have infected your machine. I will just dump the payload and then start from there. And then study. Why study? Because some operations take time. Some attacks have have taken a year or two years to happen because what happens is the attacker will study the trend of the two people negotiating a deal, for example, or or the finance executive sending money over to the to to the normal supplier so what would happen there is this, this attacker would come in between and Mimic that relationship and call the guy by name I would tell you Nick and how's your wife and how are the kids? I know um, your daughter had to start ballet in three months. How is that? And you would feel completely confident talking to me. Then the next email I'll tell you listen We had to change a um, bank accounts. Can you kindly send the next transaction to this account? and it will have the company logo and everything and you'll be dealing with with Keith anyway but it won't be Keith and the bank account will not be yeah. and with full trust you just send me the money and then they're off there is another way today which is which is uh, evolving and um i I will get to it later i just want to emphasize that that the the phishing is the easiest way to attack and it has the the worst damage that, that it can cause Okay, some people might not realize. We emphasize on on phishing. You know, we do security for uh, gaming companies. Why is why are gaming companies inviting for attacks? Because there's the money. So obviously they they were, they are sure.
0: Yeah, and that's something I will get to in a minute as well. But um, what I've seen um, in the past years, I've seen hundreds of of attacks, hundreds of phishing attempts. And what can I say? I can say myself that many of these looked very, 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 very even to me. Um, the amount of determination that these attackers have is, is outstanding, absolutely outstanding. Um, but something I've seen from people, like uh, any employee within a company, and they always ask me this question. They ask me, why would anyone want to hack me? I'm just the person." So what would you tell this person?
1: They will try and get through anyone. If the cleaner had an email, they will try and get to the, to the cleaner's email because it's a it's um, an access point they need. There is a story online, I, I, I can't remember the name, of a, uh, a casino which was actually hacked through the aquarium of the owner. So the, the, they had a very solid security system, but obviously the owner was very fond of his tropical fish, so he needed to have a, a connection um, with the uh, with the office, and they, they got through that connection. I mean, the, the, the followers can look it up, uh, up online at a very strange story, which was a successful attack.
0: It's very, very, very fascinating. I think most of um, the attacks actually do happen from the strangest ways, like you've just been explaining. Yes, and
1: we're facing teams now, so people might say, oh, there's a hacker who's trying to get to me. No, no, these are departments, these are teams of 20, 50, 100, 200 people who actually go to work in an office, and they are hackers managed by, usually they are state-owned. Okay, so you would not find it in in Places like Malta, for example, which does not allow this and permit it, but certain countries are known to uh, allow it and even uh, and use it. So, so funding it as well. Funding it, yes, yes. Um, some people say the worst attacks, the ones with, with big millions, are originate from countries like uh, North Korea, which need to fund their 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 uh, missile uh, projects. But it's, it, it, that cannot be proven. But yes, f- fishing is the smallest thing with the largest damage it will leave. Uh, once you gain access, especially there is an, uh, a topic called uh, social engineering. So social engineering is where I would study, for example, Sigma and I would study the, the key people. Then I would go and, and see who their friends are in Facebook in, um, uh, on uh, LinkedIn. And then I would create a whole scenario of attack. It will be a planned attack. And it will it will not be random, so I would not be emailing hello, comma, to you. I would say, hi, Nick, we met recently at the, at the uh, event that Sigma organized, you know, and I, I had to send you uh, an email, uh, a, a profile about our company. One which happened the last uh, two weeks ago now was where a, a, a big company was approached by uh, what looked like headhunters so they were, they they approached the staff they were saying we're, we're recruiting are you interested and there's this good package you know on the same line that you do and then the guy said yes i'm interested and they said okay let me send you the form for you to fill so they, they they actually sent an email to the to the office email of those of those uh, software developers and and they hacked um, from a number of different fronts it wasn't on one individual it was on a number of individuals.
0: And I think why social engineering is so successful is because it exploits the trust in, uh, in people. Mm-hmm. And um, I know that there's, there's one social engineering expert in particular, Kevin Mitnick. Um, uh, so he was, he was one of the most, if not the most amazing. He's still, social- the, he's still, the, most. still the most. Still the most. Today, yes, he's,
1: the, the, he's the, the known best. But like him, obviously, there are the, the, the dark web actors now,
0: but yeah. And what interested. he what he said, he said that social engineering, and like you said before, it is, it is the easiest and it is the most effective because you are exploiting a human, a common human trait, which is trust, and you're using that to the advantage to access something that you shouldn't have access to. And they can't be blamed,
1: Nick, because the, the approach is so realistic. There isn't a flaw. I mean, in the past, if I had to um, pretend I'm from Sigma, I would, I would scan the Sigma logo and then just copy and paste. Today, it's a high res image that I will put on my email so you don't see it. If I'm emailing you from Sigma, then there'll be the contact number. If it's, if it's you I'm mimicking, there's gonna be your phone number, there's gonna be your email. So when you look down, if you're suspicious, you're going to recognize that it's from Nick. If you had to use that number, there was a law, a law firm in Tashbish, and they were trying to, to, to use their database to hack all their clients. But you would get the name and surname of the person, the the position, the logo, the email, and then at the bottom there'll be her personal number, her phone number. So you can't say, okay, this is not true. And then if you dial it, so ideally, always check. Okay, even doubt, check. If there is 0.001% doubt, check anyway. Call your IT guy. Speak to your manager, you know. Try and call the guy who sent you the email. Even if it's uh, it's sounding that uh, people are paranoid, we want people to be paranoid because that's the way they stay they stay safe. So you actually call the guy and, and just confirm that it's you who sent the same right now, because it's the safest way.
0: And something actually uh, I find I found to be very worrying is that um, you know nowadays there's a two FA two factor authentication um, and through social engineering there were actual stories actual um, uh, incidents where. Um, two-factor authentication was breached, but was breached in a very smart way. So basically, because um, now
1: they are they're actually close to finding a solution. Yes, and but to, but to breaking that exactly. Because,
0: and one of the easiest ways that I saw in these incidents was that <laughs> um, these attackers were using social engineering. Um, they would call up the phone company of a particular individual, and they would tell this company, "Listen, my name is this person." Um, I live in this address, this is my ID card number, can you please activate my other SIM card and give, give me this phone number on this SIM card? And actually, by doing that, they were able to exploit two-factor authentication using social engineering. So I think... Um, it's laborious for them, but when it's worth, when, when the bounty is worth, they will go for it.
1: So if it's a big company. How do I know I'm a uh, hacker? It's a big company. I go to MFSA online. Then what do I do? Then I check the website If I'm trying to attack um, Sigma. I'll check how many employees Sigma has. Okay, so what's an average wage per year of each employee? Okay, times the number of employees, then I know I can extrapolate the, the, the potential turnover of that company. Then we decide, as, as a, if we were hackers, whether to go for it or not. But that's how it works. There's a lot of work done behind an attack.
0: Um, I just want to ask you something bit different now. Um, So, in 2020, we have seen a massive change in consumer behavior um, with huge people migrating online. Um, Where do you see our new online behavior taking us? And how will threats and cybersecurity follow? So, online threats will not change, they
1: will just increase, irrespective of, of the perceived behavior of the victim. It's the victim who has to upgrade. It's the victim's employer who has to train staff regularly and regularly because people forget. We have carried out uh, phishing, simulated phishing email attacks on on companies and there there will be employees who would click three times. They would save because they don't have time to see it. So open it, maybe click then come back to it later and, and, you know, highlight it. And so they would do it three times over. Can you imagine just to see the The the, the gullibility of some is the the reality.
0: Um, So to add on to that, um, we saw how Zoom's user base has increased exponentially um, as the world moved to online meetings because of working remotely. Um, And as a lack of uh, preparation for this massive growth, hackers were exploiting an overlooked security flaw in Zoom, um, which allowed Um, these attackers to hijack rooms. Um, IT security professionals were faced with uh, multiple challenges in delivering and securing this mass migration to remote connectivity. What were some of the other main challenges um, faced by cybersecurity experts? So this is a very good point, a very,
1: very good example, because what's happening is people are not always aware that they have security flaws. So the IT team said, we're good to go. Then they, they just, okay, we're, we're good. Um, but did you test it? No, no. The IT guy said, you know, okay, who did it? The IT guy. We like to use the expression, if you go to eat in a, in a restaurant and there's a chef patron, you don't tell him, listen, chef, is your food good? He's going to tell you, my food is fantastic. But maybe he has a blind spot and he's not realizing that maybe the, the pasta is undercooked or the pasta is overcooked, but that's the way he does it. This is why you need people to assess your system, your structure, and not internally. The most successful is when you get an an external verifier to, to check your system, regardless of who is on the IT team. So when we are doing penetration testing, we could have been reassured 10 times over by the IT team that everything's okay, there are no ports open, you know, good to go. And then we'll go and, and we'll find anyway, because it's it's like it's like the world. The world is, is um, visible by three satellites re- constantly revolving. If there was just one satellite, there's going to be a blind spot on, on on the other side of the world. And that's what happens with the with uh, cyber with with security or or perceived security of systems. No, we're good. We have our IT guy. You at least the least you can tell me for uh, to put my mind at rest is I have a, a cybersecurity guy checking. That's already a start. But it's not enough. So you need to always get someone externally to, to uh, stress test you. And that is the way you stay safe. What happens is sometimes people are not realizing that the minor, very tiny investment in cybersecurity they would need to face is a drop in the ocean compared to the, to the business they would lose
0: if they were attacked. And on that point, in fact, I wanted to ask you um, an, unfor- an unfortunate fact in many businesses is that they are not proactive on cybersecurity, um, and they only respond after an attack has taken place. Um, wh- why do you think this is and how can businesses be better informed to be more prepared?
1: That's a really good question. So, So what happens is that people say no I, I am a, a small company I don't have 50 people I don't have 20 people I am the low-hanging fruit in the industry it's easier to get the low hanging fruit because usually there are less security systems. so rather than an attacker going to a bank they will first uh, go to a, a, an upcoming uh, uh, gaming company or, or an affiliate or anyone in the industry who who is easy to, to get through the, the, the new trend we are facing now is very unfortunate. So before they used to um, steal data from company and from companies and then sell it. Okay. Now they actually encrypt all your files. They are teaming up. Okay. So these are different hacking groups in the in the dark web. They don't know each other. They just know each other professionally. And they actually team up to hack a, a strong system. So, so so what you're explaining is, is ransomware yes that's a very good thats that's the word so so ransomware today is if they found the vulnerability if you had not done a penetration test if you did not uh, train your clients your your staff excuse me then you're going you're going to be an easy victim to ransomware so there you just log into your system you see all your files encrypted in numbers and letters and you have no idea what's going on. The last line will be their invitation for you to send. X uh, thousands of uh, uh, worth in USD and of, uh, in cryptocurrency, so either Bitcoin or, or Ethereum.
0: And do, do they usually, um, so usually um, ransomware, obviously, they, they tell you I'm going to encrypt your files unless you pay me, like you said, this amount of Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever. Um,
1: do they usually give you access Do they back?
0: usually give you access back in your experience? They, they usually don't.
1: They don't need to hassle. It's not interest, interest, They just need to take the money and and run. There have been minor cases, but minor. Well, I would say less than less than three percent, where they actually they were ethical bad hackers. They they felt sorry for the victim and gave them access back. But normally no, no. And and the, the recovery period. We were recently um, speaking at a at an event in in, in Malta on cybersecurity. And when when we, when I finished and I was having lunch, there was an. On my right, a lady who was telling me, you know, we've just been hacked four days ago. There is a process. If they have backups, there's a process which can help them, but it still disrupts. If you're a very active company, you can't stay down for too long. I mean, some people, not even an hour, they can stay down. And in the, in the, as we all know, in the iGaming industry, you can't afford to be down an hour. And some of them have to stay down for four days and weeks before they actually Recover and start operating again. The bad thing there is there's a defacing um, experience where the, where the attackers would have defaced your your website and and you lose trust in in, in your clients now. So they will say, okay, let me go somewhere else because uh, I I might be the next one now if I'm affiliated with uh, this company. So that is another um, problem. Companies in the EU which are attacked and have data stolen, have another challenge to face, which is the GDPR fine. There, they are fines so to, 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 to add insult to injury, they have to pay l- large amounts of money to, to the GDPR um, for having allowed this hack to happen and their, their, their leakage of data. Because you, as the owner of the data of that, that, um, that company, Uh, of all those customers who trusted you, you're responsible for them. So GDPR will fine you like um, millions sometimes for that.
0: Um, Something mentioned in the beginning, um, you mentioned uh, about the Google outage. And I want to just tie that answer into my next question and get a bit more um, depth into that. Um, So we have a huge growing demand of data nowadays. um, And more and more companies are moving to the cloud. after Google's outage, we've seen how many companies, organizations, schools, universities, um, how dependent they are on, on cloud platforms. It's a very good point. Um, what should businesses be aware of and what are the security implications of using the cloud?
1: The natural, the natural movement is towards the cloud, Nick. It's natural. I mean, it's been on for a number of years now, but it's picking up. The misconception is that I'll put all my um, stuff on the cloud and I'm safe. There is a a very important point. It's a a shared responsibility factor, which which all service providers tell their new customers, but the customers sometimes fail to listen. Shared responsibility is that the the provider, like like, uh, Azure, for example, or AWS, um, have the responsibility of securing this structure, not the data you are adding to it. So there is the same element of security that is needed for um, having your data on the cloud. This is one of the the, the the pillars that we offer, in fact, that we secure. the We offer the cloud security for all the migrations, whichever the platform. But it's a misconception that no, I don't need to secure it now because I'm because what happens is every time, every time you 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 add to it or there's an update, in reality you have to check every single time. Okay, um, but it's important that they don't uh, turn their back just because they're migrating on the cloud. And um, recently we we saw what happened to to Google and the outage. Okay, so we don't believe that that it's something light. Or, or possibly what, what Google stated happened, because Google should have never um, gone down with, for, for with the, the, the systems, systems.
0: For that amount of time, right? Not suppose. even for a minute.
1: First of all, it cannot afford it because the, the, the revenues per minute of Google are like uh, big, big, big amounts. But second of all is the trust. So, so if, I'm, if I'm a Google client and my business is on Google, you know, what do I do? Do I need to start shifting? Do I go to a competitor now just because, you know, Google wasn't so strong? I was out of business for an hour. I can't afford that. My business depends on it. Uh, just to give an idea of, of the, the potential seriousness of these attacks. Google is a giant. Google is the giant. If a giant is brought down on its knees for 45 minutes, for an hour, you can imagine the security layers Google has. What happens to companies which are not not giants, and they are being targeted for attacks? They will be brought to their knees and left
0: there. Uh, I just want to close off with the last question. So in the constant um, changing world of technology, attack strategies change and threats change as well. Um, They're growing more sophisticated every day in the digital landscape. How do you stay one step ahead in the world of digital security? And how can you anticipate where the next threat is coming from?
1: That's a very good point. Um, So what, As a business owner, what you have to do is imagine you're going to be attacked tomorrow. So if I knew I was going to be attacked tomorrow or this afternoon, what do I need to do? And that is where cybersecurity teams are brought in. So please do check me before someone else checks me. Because you guys checking me, you're going to leave me with a report of possible vulnerabilities and I'm going to give it over to my IT team to fix it. The hackers don't do that. The hackers are there for a different reason, and they don't care about your business. In Malta alone, uh, the number of last year is over 900 companies hacked. That's the official one. Okay, this was mentioned recently by by the police inspector in charge of um, cybersecurity, the uh, police force, in a recent interview. Um, so imagine it's going to happen to you. So snap into reality and say yes, it could be me tomorrow. And if it were me, what what do I need to have? If the storm is coming you don't leave your balconies, doors and windows wide open. You actually go and close, you know, you make sure all the gullies are clear, you're preparing for the storm. We're inviting everyone to prepare for the storm. It started now, it wasn't even planned to be this big, okay, so so 2020, January, February, there was already a planned um, massive increase in, in hacking. With COVID, that grew exponentially and is going to continue. So what was planned, what us as specialists in cybersecurity were seeing was gonna happen 2020, 21, 22, now it's going to happen even, even worse. And there isn't any any time soon that we're going to come back to normality as as, as all of us know, because this this COVID, COVID thing is not going to be gone anytime soon. So it means that teams will still be Working remotely, it means that their their exposure is is, is still is still uh, massive out there. The attack surface, we like to say in cybersecurity, has has been exponentially increased. So before it was a company, I have to get into the system of that company, which is, has an element of security. Now it's like they open the doors and windows to everyone, just because they need to give access to their staff to work remotely. And, um, but it's not always possible, you know, to, to create the VPN connection or to to give them a an office machine, an office laptop, because some people have two hundred employees, five hundred employees. I mean, what do I do? I give? So, so there's there's that weakness there that that you you're crossing your your personal uh, laptop or machine at home with with the business where you work. You don't know what security layers have been applied to to the machine at home. But the employer couldn't do otherwise, because it was either send them home and they work remotely from today to tomorrow, or I ran, out of, I ran out of business anyway. It's not what they wanted.
0: Keith, I'd like to thank you and iGaming Security very much for this absolutely, you, absolutely, you, Nick, absolutely security. fantastic. Security.